Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Sowing Hope. I am Bill Snyder. It's great to be with you. As always, I am joined by my good friend and co-host, Ann DeSantis. Uh, we are starting on a 10-episode journey on parenting, which I'm super excited about. And I want to remind you that, uh, as always, for the full series and for all of our podcasts and everything that we do, you can go over to patchworkheartradio.org and find us. So uh, we're looking forward to this series, and I know I am, and uh, excited to be here tonight with you. Yeah, it's really exciting. I love the idea that we're doing this parenting series. It's, it's really a Catholic parenting series because we're really integrating faith, uh, but it's appropriate for anybody. And so yeah. anyone, any person of faith uh, wants to listen to this podcast. And Bill, I believe what we're going to do, what we discussed was each week for these 10 weeks is that we're going to focus on a different aspect of parenting. So on this one, we're going to talk about pregnancy, you know, preparing for your child, your first child or, or whatever number child that is. And also when they're babies and, and how we can actually start to integrate faith into being that parent to a baby. And I know Bill, Bill, you know a lot about that. (laughs) Well, I don't (laughs) know a lot about it, but I'm experiencing it now. Uh, I would, that's what I'd say is that, you know, I'm experiencing this right now. Um, in my in my journey in my walk with life because um, I have a nine month old baby uh, as many of you listening to this podcast have known you know Ann and I share different parts of our lives um, you know so so if you've been a regular listener you know that if you're a first time listener you're just tuning in for this series uh, I have a nine month old uh, son his name is Elvin Francisco and um, I have a amazing wife Agnes so. Uh, we're super excited um, about his arrival, but yeah, there's a lot to unpack for for certain, and uh, you know, plenty of sleepless nights to to re revisit. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, and it's been an amazing journey, even for me too, with with you having Elvin, because we began the Sewing Hope podcast in March of 2020, so it was really it was like in the heart of the beginning of the pandemic, right. and so of course, Bill. Elvin was born in May of 2021. So during that time of us, you know, recording all of those podcasts, you know, I got to talk to Bill and see the progression along the pregnancy. And then of course, when Elvin was born on May 5th, his birthday's coming up. Yeah. Uh, his birthday. <laughs> Cinco de Mayo. So yeah, it was really an exciting thing. But the one thing I thought we could talk about on this podcast is, Bill, I know that you did, even from the very beginning, is you started to pray for him when he was still in utero. And maybe you could talk about that. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I think one of the biggest things you can do is pray. Uh, and, you know, I, none of this was like earth shattering prayer. Like I wasn't, you know, praying rosary after rosary after rosary, but um but I, but I would, you know, while Agnes was pregnant, I would, you know, touch her belly and, uh, you know, say some prayers uh, for him and over him and ask God to um, protect him and keep him 
well through his development in utero, um, which God did. Uh, you know, there were a few challenges in there, um, but but God um, did an amazing job uh, knitting him together, um, and he uh, he is a beautiful young 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 man. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think prayer is such an important thing. I think you know just you know, intentionally praying, uh, for the pregnancy. Uh, I, I know, Anne, you have some wonderful, gave me some wonderful resources through the St. Raymond Anatis foundation. Um, and I actually brought, um, the, that entire package to the hospital with me, um, when Agnes delivered and, uh, believe it or not, uh, Agnes had a very long, long labor with Elvin. It was 31 hours. Um, and you know, so everybody's texting me going as a baby here yet. And I'm like, uh, no, I just leave it at that. Um, but basically, um, you know, we had a lot of time to, you know, sit there, reflect, you know, on a lot of different things and really care for my wife, of course, uh, going through that such a long labor. Um, but using the chaplet, I remember going to bed the very first night, you know, kind of, uh, we got there at 10 o'clock in the morning to be induced and then, um, or eight o'clock in the morning to be induced. And then, um, you know, he wasn't born until 5 PM the next day. And so there we are, uh, the, you know, the next, the next day or that evening. And I'm sitting there going, Oh man, I, I better, uh, you know, just entrust all to keep in, keep entrusting all this to God. I, I used the chapel to St. Raymond, you know, not as in the hospital, uh, you know, continued to pray with my wife. I, anointed her with uh, some, some blessed her with some holy water, uh, right, right before she gave birth, uh, and, you know, began the actual, you know, pushing and all of that. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, you know, again, nothing, it, but it all was natural. Like I wasn't like, you know, going to have, you know, some big prayer service in the middle of, you know, the hospital. Like I wasn't going for that. I was just doing it at natural times and breaks, like, okay, I'm going to lay down for, here she's asleep. Let me say this. Let me let, let me pray this. Um, let me uh, you know just right before she gives birth, put a little bit of the holy water on her. Um, you know, but like, and and of course on the belly. But like, it, it was natural. Like it wasn't like oh my god, oh my gosh, I've got to like go and um, have this big prayer service and get everybody together and say a rosary or something like that. It wasn't like that. Um, at any point, it was just this intentional um, mindfulness that God was present and doing something amazing. Um, I, I once heard somebody say, anytime that you are going to the hospital and you are uh, leaving with one more or leaving with one less, <laughs> it is a life event. <laughs> it is a life <laughs> event. Uh, yes. So, you know, when you're, when you're going with, you know, birth and death, right? When you're, when you're going there to welcome a baby, it's a big event. Um, and, and God should be involved in it. So I hope that paints a little bit of a picture for you. Oh, that was beautiful. I mean, you brought me down memory lane a little bit too, with the, the time that you said that I had given you the kit. It's a special kit for the St. Raymond Onatus, uh foundation. Actually, it's, it's more through the order, the, the, the religious order that I represent, which is the Mercedarian religious order. Um, I want to give that information to our audience too. If you know someone or it's you yourself that maybe your wife or yourself or you're pregnant and you want to get those extra prayers, that St. Raymond Anatus is the patron saint of expectant mothers. And so 
when you get the kit, it's a special kit that has the holy water, the rosary, the prayers. Um, just reach out to me, if you would, at nonatis.org on our contact form. Um, I'll just give you my email address too, because I can connect you to get that for someone, for yeah. you or someone you know. Uh, my email address is director.srnf at gmail.com. And that stands for the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation. But Bill, you're right. I mean, you made a good point that it's not like you have to have a big prayer meeting for any type of prayer that you're doing for your child, whether it's during childbirth or any other issue, just offering that prayer yourself or with your loved one, your spouse, your family is uh, a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. It doesn't have to be very formal, does it? No. Uh, and I thought, Bill, maybe you could share with us. I mean, Elvin was born. You prayed for him throughout the pregnancy. I know you even told me that sometimes you would say those prayers even to uh, your wife's belly. Sometimes you would oh, say, yeah. <laughs> talk to, right? Say a prayer. And then now I think you told me that you you do pray with him, even when you're holding him or when he's resting off to sleep, you say prayers. Talk, talk about that. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, really simple. I think... Um, I, I remember my bedtime prayers as a kid. Um, my my mom and dad would always come into our room and uh, at at night, you know, when we were three, four, five, six, you know, it's kind of those early formation years. You kind of remember that, um, and and even still, I mean, you know, they would go and say our prayers with us. You know, the Hail Mary, the Our Father. You know, now I lay me down to sleep or whatever. You know, before bed. And, um, you know, that, that always laid a really good foundation. And we would go and pray for all the different people in our family, right? My mom, my dad, my grandparents, my brothers, my sisters, just everybody that was in our family, we would, we would just lift them up and say, God bless them. Right. So, um, it was not, you know, pretty much nightly that we would, that would happen. And so I just, you know, figured even the very first night I was in the hospital with all of them, I just said, we're going to pray for everybody. We're just going to pray. And, I, and it was great. I was able to hold them in my hands. Um, you know, he was much smaller then. Now he's nine months wiggling out of my hands. Uh, but because uh, <laughs> he wants to go to some <laughs> toy or go play in his crib or whatever. But, uh, you know, now um, it's a little more challenging. But when uh, he was first born, yeah, I mean, it was amazing because, you know, you'd just be able to sit there and make the sound of the cross on his forehead after he was baptized. I did not do that before he was baptized. I just let everybody know that, uh, you know, but uh, but then you know, after he's baptized, he being able to make the sign of the cross on his forehead and just be able to pray the sign of the, uh, you know, pray, able to pray the family prayers. Uh, but even before he was baptized, I would say the family prayers with him. And, you know, we teach him, uh, I mean, he's, he's never, never, never too young. You're never too old uh, to pray. Um, there's never a bad time to pray. There's never a state of the soul you should not pray. And I mean, St. Catherine of Siena said that um, it doesn't matter what state your soul is in, you should always be praying. Uh, and always, um, you know, lift up to God those prayers. And so um, I often look at him and go, man, you're perfect, right? Like, you know, he was baptized. He, he he has no personal sin on him right now. I mean, you know, I'm sure that'll happen as he gets older, but he doesn't have any personal sin right now. Uh, so he's perfect. You, know, you can look at him and, and go, uh, man, I get to say my prayers with uh, this perfect little baby uh, and, and teach him how to pray and how to, um, you know, just grow up in the faith. I think, you know, it's those examples that you set. Um, and it's a good example for me too. Like, you know, I mean, I get some prayer time too, because 
when I pray with them, because honestly, you know, being a stay-at-home dad, uh, I mean, even even yesterday, I'm like, you know, hey, when, when can we record this podcast, right? Well, like, <laughs> uh, man, uh, actual parenting is standing in the way of doing a parenting podcast because I got to wait for him to go down for a nap. He's not sleeping <laughs> at the right time. So, uh, but no, it's all good. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. I was just recollecting um, in my head, in my mind, um, when my children were babies and I was preparing for pregnancy um, and, and actually during the pregnancy too is because I know this podcast is about faith and, and how do we exercise our faith to pray for our children and how do we teach them about God, you know? And for myself, um, looking back, I, I mean, of course, when you have that first child, you just don't know what to anticipate. So the prayers are always just kind of, I remember for me, they're always just kind of, I hope everything's okay. Yeah. I hope my baby is healthy. I hope that the, that the childbirth goes okay. Um, I remember that when I delivered my first child, Elaine, uh, someone, and I, I think it was my cousin's grandmother, like on the other side of the family, had given me a relic. And, and to be quite honest with you, it was almost, you know, 26 years ago. So I, of course, I don't remember what the relic was since it was quite a while back. Uh, but, but I do remember that that was one thing that I did. And I think that's an important thing to, you know, ask other people to pray for you during that pregnancy and accept those things like the relics or say, we'd say this, the St. Raymond Onatus kit with the holy water and the different things that you can do to intercede, right. To saints, which is an important thing. Yeah. Um, but, but getting into talking a little bit about babyhood for me, one of the things I remember that I did with both of the girls when they were babies, and we're going to say below the age of two, we'll say infancy, right? Below the age of two yeah, yeah. was my way of teaching them about God and about Jesus and about the church was I used to use those little board books, you know, the board books that are not the paper books, but they're solid, like cardboard. They bought some Christian Catholic books just to read to them about prayers and different things. Um, but another thing that I did was when we would go outside and we would look up at the sky and I would point up to the sky and I would say heaven or Jesus. And that was an initial way to teach them about something beyond earth, something beyond who we are here on earth, right? As people. And I remember that when they got to be two and three and four, they would still associate those clouds, the sky with heaven, with Jesus. Uh, it's a simple thing, a simple thing, but I really do think it carried over as a way to start to educate them. And then when we, they would start to go to mass with us, I would do the same thing with the, the tabernacle or the altar that, yeah, that Jesus, that's where Jesus is. Right. And, and, and you, you start simple. And I used to babysit for my niece, my brother's daughter, who's now actually in college. <laughs> <laughs> in her first year of college, but she, she was with us for a few years uh, from the time of six months old uh, up until over three years old. And I, I remember doing the same thing with her. I would point up to the, the sky or whenever I would take her to church, if we did go to church for something, uh, try to show her that too. So it was just a little gift to give to other family members too. Yeah. And uh, just a little bit of advice. So I don't know, Bill, talk more also about, I know you read to Elvin oh, yeah. and, and you, you say those prayers with him too. 
oh, sure, the word books. In fact, yesterday I did the little book, Jesus Loves Me. Like, you know, I mean, there's there's so many opportunities. And again, it doesn't have to be, I mean, you know, you start, obviously, you're, I mean, you're in parent mode and you're learning and you're growing and you're, you know, on all these different websites trying to learn. You're like, oh, okay, unstructured playtime, unstructured this, that's the best way they learn. Okay, well, all right, well, it doesn't have to be, you know, like I'm going to sit you down at 10 o'clock every day and tell you about Jesus. Like, that's not, you know, what I'm going to do. <laughs> uh, but it's these little moments, right, where you're able to say things like, uh, hey, look up at the sky. That's a beautiful way in. Or, uh, you know, I mean, read you this book about Jesus or whatever. And it just begins to plant those little seeds, you know, saying the Our Father as you're falling asleep or um, doing some family prayers. Like, this is not, none of, none of what we're talking about is, um, is is like hard you know what i mean it it is hard you know if you're uncomfortable starting it you know i i'm comfortable doing it but if you're uncomfortable doing it like okay you know sitting there praying with your baby or your spouse or whatever like like it comes natural to me but maybe there's some people out there that doesn't so just step out of the water a little bit and just say the prayers out loud you know say them out loud so your baby can hear you right um actually you know say the words um and, and learn about, you know, who they are in, in Jesus, uh, in Christ, you know, um, and I think it almost goes without saying, but uh, if you haven't had your child baptized, get them baptized. Uh, that is the best way you can uh, give them uh, an experience because it is Christ's, you know, initiation into that family. It, it's being a part of this family of God. And so um, if you haven't had your kid baptized, get them baptized. Um, and, uh, you know, any local Catholic church can help you out with that. Uh, you know, but, but yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is just, you know, this unstructured, like, hey, there's a sky, there's this, there's that, read a book uh, that's, that's faith-based. Um, and, you know, there's so many great resources out there, right? And I mean, there's a bazillion of different resources out there uh, for, for young, you know, moms uh, and dads, um, you know, uh, Perpetual Light Publishing has so much, our, our good friend Jeannie Egolf uh, has so many children's books <laughs> for That's that are, that right. Um, and so go check them out, uh, right, at Perpetual Light Publishing, uh, just Google that and you'll find uh, amazing uh, books, we've had a lot of authors on the show, uh, here before. So yeah, I mean, check, check that out. Yeah. Great advice because there's so many wonderful Catholic authors and Christian authors that have written books to help your family grow in faith, especially when you do have a baby. And I think even if you simply just go to Amazon and you key in like Catholic books for babies or infants or toddlers, I mean, you're going to get, things are going to pop up, but Jeannie Goff, like you said, perpetual light publishing, that is a wonderful resource for all of you who are listening, not just for you, but for your friends. Maybe you have grandchildren. That, that would be a perfect gift too. I want to back up, Bill. You brought up something very important about the bap baptizing your baby. And, you know, back in the day, years ago, people would baptize their babies almost like right after birth. I mean, it could be a month later or, or maybe at the most two months uh, but they didn't tend to wait. I think these days, sometimes people wait quite a while to, to baptize that baby. And um, a good point that you made, Bill, is um, get it done. I mean, 
looking back for me, um, now I baptized both of my daughters at the age of about three months old. Now, looking back, I, I probably should have done it a little sooner, I think. Uh, and giving you the reason, why did I, why did I wait? Why did I wait? And my reason for waiting back then, which now, now looking back, I don't know whether it was the perfect, uh, you know, reason to wait, but we were having a party. <laughs> <laughs> we were having a party, uh, for, with the family. And of course, for me, especially first time motherhood with a first child, it was just enough to get by that first month than to have to plan a 50 person you know, baptism party at a restaurant or something, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. Um, and I did, I mean, I, I, I guess I waited until she was about six weeks old and then I started to call around to restaurants and, you know, find out where we could host this thing because we came from pretty big families, you know, and, and wanted everybody to be there. But I guess what I'm trying to communicate on this podcast is that looking back, uh, maybe, trying to step it up a little bit and doing it more like at six weeks or two months, instead of waiting the three months, four months, five months, um, just for the sake of, you know, baptizing your child after birth and not waiting too long. Right. Yeah. Oh, so, um, but uh, you know, it's, it's difficult sometimes I think for people because you, as a new mom, maybe you are a little tired and you don't want to have to plan this party. If you do have more than 10 or 15 people, uh, my husband happens to have a very big family. So it was a normal thing. Uh, like a small baptism party could be 50, 60, even a hundred people, you know? And, and so it was just a lot, a lot to do, but um, looking back, I definitely probably would have stepped up a, a, a when I decided to do that, um, you know, to, to baptize. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you know, like for me, I, I, I cannot relate at all uh, because I had, an emergency baptism in the hospital before my first open heart surgery. Right. Three years old. Um, so uh, they actually had a big party for me after I was all good, like a year or two, you know, after my, you know, my, my first surgeries went through my, you know, my parents had a certain, you know, I had a big party with all my family and like a rededication, but they couldn't baptize me again because I had been baptized in the hospital. Um, but uh, for Elvin, we got him baptized uh, very early on, like three weeks old. Uh, I mean, I, as I said to my pastor, I said, it's probably my gut reaction just because, you know, that, you know, yeah. that's me, uh, you know, that's my experience. Um, but, but, uh, and also with family logistics too. And I think that's a big piece of it and it's, and it's okay to coordinate that. Like, I mean, I have family here from, uh, Puerto Rico, uh, who, who lives in Puerto Rico. So, um, they were here for the birth staying here and we, and we wanted to do it before they flew back home because, you know, we didn't want, um, we didn't want them to miss it. Uh, and my family lives, you know, in the States, so it's easier for them to travel. Uh, and we said, well, what if we do it at three weeks, uh, before my family flies back so that we can, you know, have everybody present for the baptism. And we didn't have a big, big thing because of course COVID was going on. Uh, yes. and, uh, so we actually live streamed the baptism to, <laughs> to our family who wasn't able, uh, to be with us. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's, I think just some of the little ways that you can, um, you know, make sure your family's present, do it, do it in a way that, you know, honors your family, honors your mom, honors your dad and their role. Um, you know, godparents, make sure you make sure you do it right. Unless you have to have an emergency situation like myself, <laughs> uh, where, you know, that can happen, but, um, most importantly, get your child baptized. And after that, you know, remember that, 
you know, faith is a lifelong journey. And just because you've been um, baptized, uh, you know, does not mean that things are not going to go wrong, right? Um, in life, you know, like I was baptized, had to have open heart surgery, had a stroke, had a whole bunch of other stuff go wrong in my life early on. Um, but boy, am I glad that I had that baptism because, um, you know, without it, I wouldn't be the person I am today. So uh, get your children baptized and pray with them and follow up and continue to do, um, you know, live that life of faith. It's not hard, right? We, we, we just detailed a whole bunch of ways. It's not hard to do it. Mm-mm. You did a good job though, Bill, the way that you describe that is that you do need to, some people do just go through the motions of a baptism or having their children go through the sacraments, the Holy, Holy Communion, you know, confirmation, whatever, all the different sacraments. But then if they sort of follow, drop off, you know, that happens sometimes in our faith. I'm sure it doesn't just happen in the Catholic faith. It happens in other religions too, that people follow, don't follow up. But you as a parent, right? Me as a parent, that's part of our responsibility and the promises that we make when we say that we are going to teach our children. We're the first teachers of the faith, right? So um, I think that's an important thing. But just backtracking again, what you were saying about baptism, um, I just wanted to say that one thing that you could do is kind of what Bill said. Maybe, you you know, it might be a lot for you to plan a party or something for, when your baby's only two months old and to have 25 or 50 people over or something or at a restaurant. But maybe if you baptize the baby first and then have the party, maybe if it's too much, looking back, that's probably what I should have done um, <laughs> is, is probably just baptize a little earlier and then had the celebration maybe a month or two later or something. But that's an idea. It's just a, something to throw out there. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to follow the rules of what everybody else does, right? I mean, you can do things slightly differently. So uh, I, I think this is going to be a great series, Bill. I'm excited. Yeah. And next time what we'll talk about, we're going to just go through like all the sages, right? And so next time, this time we did pregnancy and infancy. Next time for the next one, we'll do like infancy through like toddlerhood. We'll start right. talking about that and things you can do uh, in the faith perspective to try to help your family grow. So Bill, thank you so much. Of course. Yeah, I know this is always fun. And so thank you and uh, look forward to doing uh, the rest of these and uh, look, you know, and uh, growing, growing, uh, growing up with Elvin too, because it's going to help. Uh, it's going to help me uh, form my faith uh, as, as I, uh, I step into intentional parenthood. So it's definitely. That's right. Right. Thank you again, Bill. Of course. Well, folks, uh, we thank you for tuning in and listening. And you can always reach out to us and find us um, on our email, sewinghope at patchworkheart.org, S-E-W-I-N-G, hope at patchworkheart.org. Reach out to us, say hello. We always like that. And um, you can also uh, find us on patchworkheartradio.org. But until next time, from all of us here at Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network, may God bless you. Keep beating to your Catholic heart. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sewing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2.